What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and St. John just got humiliated in their first Garden game of the season. A chance to get a much-needed, you know, almost a must-win against the down Villanova team. A game where you held Eric Dixon and Cam Whitmore to 3-for-20 shooting overall for 12 points, and you were not able to get it done. Uh, today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. I was not able to watch the game in full yesterday. I had plans to watch it in full when I got home later that night. Of course, someone ran up to me um, at one point during the night and said, Pat, Pat, Villanova's down to St. John's with 10 minutes left in the game. So I knew St. John's was up with 10 minutes left. I got to the closest TV I could find and watched the last eight or so minutes in a crowded place without any volume. So I kind of saw what happened last night. Now this morning I went back and watched the whole thing and we'll get into it. But I want to just make sure you guys know at the end of this podcast, I will share the conversation I had with a um, good friend of mine, Cole, who's a big St. John's fan. You guys know him from the live streams. I wanted to make sure I talked to a St. John's fan last night and got their perspective. You know, hear the frustrations of the St. John's fans after another lousy, pitiful performance in a game they really needed to win and a game that was right there for the taking. But what I'm going to focus on right now is strictly the last eight minutes and 30 seconds of this basketball game. I went back and watched the game this morning, kind of flew through the first half, didn't watch it as intently as possible. Can you blame me? I mean, that's like, you know, watching paint dry. I mean, it was a pitiful first half, really by both teams. Second half, St. John's looked to take a little bit of control. And with eight minutes and 30 seconds left, they took a six-point lead off an A.J. Store three-point shot. And from that point forward, it was all downhill. We're going to talk each and every possession, what exactly happened, what went wrong, and how St. John's threw away another great opportunity for a win. So following that A.J. Store basket, Nova gets an offensive rebound off a decent defensive possession, end up getting a basket inside the paint because we didn't box out. All right, so now a 44-40 lead with just over seven minutes left. St. John's goes down the court, and David Jones, who, yes, is still on the St. John's roster, if you didn't know, bricks a three, doesn't even hit the, the rim, barely grazes the, the far side of the backboard. Bad shot, not an open shot, not a hot shooter, and the results match that. 44-40, St. John's still up four. Then Pinzone looks to make a nice defensive play, gets a steal at half court, but unfortunately loses it in the process of trying to track it down, gets it taken away from, and then he commits a foul. And then on the ensuing possession, he gets driven by Armstrong for a layup, 44-42. So poor defense leads to an easy layup by Armstrong. St. John's six-point lead is now down to a two-point lead with seven minutes left. Next time down, Pinzone makes up for it. A nice drive on the baseline, bounce pass to Posh, who converts on a layup. That was really the last good offensive sequence St. John's had this game. Pinzone to Posh for a layup. At that point, 46-42, St. John's up four again. Dixon drives and miss on good defensive by Soriano. Then the next possession is really what I thought was the, the turning point of the game. St. John's has numbers. They look to push on a secondary break. Posh finds uh, Wusu underneath the basket. A nice cut to the rim. Instead of going straight up with it, Wusu kind of fumbles the pass, gets caught in no man's land. And instead of going up, try to get fouled, going up, maybe, you know, make it or an offensive rebound opportunity or find a teammate quickly. No one gets open for him. They gets called for a three-second violation. I think Coach Anderson should have recognized this as a, a time where his team needed help, call a timeout, or another player on the court I know 
Um, you know, I'm not sure if Division One coaches can still call timeouts from the sidelines. It might have to come from a player on the court. There's four other guys out there. There's uh, Wusu with the basketball. Um, show some awareness. Call a timeout. You're in no man's land. Or I would have loved to see you go up. But at that point, St. John's had a chance to go up six with a layup there. And I'm turning it over. Okay. And from then, it was just dismal, dismal offensive performance. So it's 46-42. Wusu gets called for that turnover. St. John's gets a stop. With six minutes left, Posh takes a wild, out-of-control spinning layup off the first pass possession. Or up four with the basketball, six minutes left. Our point guard takes a wild, out-of-control shot. Doesn't come close to making it. Because he's out of control in the layup, he's laking it back on defense. Slater, who was his responsibility on the play, goes straight to the rim and one layup. Makes the free throw. 46-45 at that point. Next time down, store drives left, out of control shot on the baseline, doesn't come close to making it. That's going to be a theme for our, our next few shots. Archie Adakno misses a, a fast break three, so no crime done there. We still have a one-point lead and the basketball. Right following that miss by Archie Adakno, Curbelo travels 26, away from the, 26 feet away from the basket. Travels. Don't even get a shot at 10 ball. Okay? That was the first of Curbelo's Many miscues late in this game. Travels there. Next time down, Dixon scores in the paint for his first facet of the game. Nova takes his first lead of the second half. 47-46, four minutes and 30 seconds left. All right, you lost the lead. Okay, You had a four-point lead. You had a chance to extend it. You lost it. At this point, you're still right in the game. Run some good damn, goddamn offense. Get a good look at the basket. Well, next time down. Curbelo, out of control, miss, then fouls under the basket. Villanova gets to go to the free throw line. Did it look like perhaps that steal underneath the basket was clean? Doesn't matter. They called the foul. And we luck out by Daniels missing the front of the one-on-one. But still, we were down one with the basketball, and our shot attempt was an out-of-control shot on the baseline, driving through traffic that Curbelo never had a chance of making. We luck out. Daniels misses the first free throw. Three minutes and 52 seconds left. Mike Anderson calls a timeout. Now he's catching some gruff for calling this timeout, knowing the media timeout's right there. I say, screw it. I say you blew the opportunity to call the timeout prior to this when the offense was looking bad. At this point, we need a good possession. We need a good look. Call your timeout. God damn it. Who cares if you're, if you're, if you're wasting your third timeout? All right, you still got two left. You'll still get the media timeout in effect after the next dead ball. What's most important is you make sure your team gets a good look at the basket. So they call the timeout. Well, out of the timeout, Cabello gets bailed out, throws a pass over uh, Soriano's head on an alley-oop attempt. Didn't even run any offense. Just tried to throw it to him over the top. Gets bailed out somehow. A Villanova player uh, deflected it. I don't think they did. Anyway, we get the ball underneath the baseline at that point. Another timeout gets called. This one's a media timeout, so another chance to draw something up. Come out of that timeout, Carbello turns it over, trying to uh, sneak a pass through a double team. So Carbello gets bailed out on one turnover. Then he ends up turning it over anyway. On the other end, Wusu fouls Daniels. It was a close travel on Daniels. It was a Play to the basket. He got caught on his pivot foot, rotated a few times, kept that heel down, it looked like, but it, it was a, a close bang bang call. He didn't get called for the travel. Wusu gets called for a foul. Daniels goes to the line, makes both free throws. At that point, they're up 49 46. Next time down, we run no offense, pass the ball around the perimeter. Wusu is forced to drive late into traffic, puts one up in traffic. Not a great look. We're able to get the offensive rebound. Soriano's fouled on the ground, so we get the ball back. At this point, Villanova's only got four fouls, so we're not shooting on the foul. Finally, we get Soriano a touch. 
All right, the next possession, we get Soriano to touch in the paint, but he catches it about 13 feet up from the rim. Okay, he's in the paint, but he's closer to the free throw line than he is to the basket, and he's got to turn over his right shoulder, shoot with his left. So while he got it to the right guy, Villanova did a great job taking away his strong hand. He had to go to his opposite hand, and he doesn't make it. So right approach getting to the guy, but not in the right spot, and he doesn't get to use uh, his most effective move. Next time down, Armstrong beats Curbelo one-on-one for a mid-range pull-up. Five-point game, and at that point, the game is basically over, knowing how much we struggle to score the basketball. Wusu comes down, nice drive and dish to Soriano, who dunks it, okay? The drive and dish wasn't off good offense. Again, Wusu drove through traffic, kind of made a good play out of it. Uh, uh, Euro step left, passed it off to Soriano, but it was not an easy conversion. Soriano got it and dunked it. Three-point game, 51-48, two minutes left. Good D by SG, uh, St. John's forces a Dixon miss on the next possession. We get the ball back down three. With this possession, just over a minute left, Cabello misses a driving layup, going left, doesn't even hit the rim. 51-48. Next time down, you get to play defense for one more possession. You don't have to foul. With two seconds up on the shot clock, Dixon gets fouled on the paint. I thought it could have been three seconds in the paint. Um, I know there's a different rule that when, when they do have the basketball, you get an extra time as long as you end up shooting it. So maybe that was the case. But he was in there for five seconds once he had the basketball. He makes one of two free throws, 52 to 48. St. John's down four. Next possession, 25 seconds left. And guess what happens? Curbelo turns it over. Slater off the turnover. Breakaway dunk. 54-48, six-point game. St. John's would score one more point, but the game was over. Terrible execution down the stretch. Guys not in good spots, not getting touches for Soriano. The one time we get him a touch, it's in a tough spot. The next time we get him on a driving kick, there wasn't any post-up opportunities. There wasn't any scoring uh, plays designed out of timeouts. Cabello made enough arrows to uh, you know constitute a whole damn game in that final stretch alone, and St. John's did not execute, and it's embarrassing to – to score less than 50 points in a big game in the garden, a packed house, a game you really needed, could have kept the positive momentum going, had a nice stretch of winnable games up ahead of you, and you just blow it. And the coach blew it, and he's and he's blaming guys for missing layups. Go back and look at those layup attempts we got to end that game. You might look at them and constitute them as layups in the box score, but they're not easy looks. They're contested in traffic shots by guys who, you know, maybe not be the guys we want shooting them. They're Baby hooks with your offhand from 12 feet away going over the wrong shoulder. They're out-of-control turnovers. They're bailed-out turnovers. Curbelo uh, had another turnover where he got caught on the baseline, threw it back over the St. John's bench and just barely got bailed out, but he brought himself to a tough spot. Just not good, not pretty, ugly basketball. And, you know, this coach at St. John's, Coach Anderson, has a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove, and he's running at a – leeway to to get it done and if he does not make the tournament in year four which it's looking more and more like that will be the case you're well within your right to you know change direction and i would not be upset at least if that ends up being the case um if he does miraculously turn this around lead st john's to the tournament there'll be a lot of good basketball played the rest of the way i don't foresee that necessarily being the case um but we're seeing what Good coach teams can do against St. John's. And, you know, Villanova towards the end, those baskets I outlined, they were driving in the paint. They were getting shots one-on-one. They weren't in traffic. They weren't in congested congested areas. They were getting shots by guys they wanted. You know, 
albeit maybe you can't say that about Armstrong, but the two shots he got were wide open in the paint shots. And Dixon got his look, Slater got his looks, and St. John's didn't get their looks. They got turnovers and four shots. Anyway, I don't blame you guys for being pissed off. I don't blame you guys for being, being frustrated and voicing your concerns. I do hope you continue to root on these kids, at least. Um, they do put forth a really good effort. It's the coaches who get paid the big bucks to make decisions and to make things happen and to not put the blame on the kids. It's the player's um, job to to make plays, and we expect them to make plays. But when you look the, look back and you, you really observe what happened, um, I'm not sure they were put in the best place to make those plays. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty confident they weren't. Anyway, um, stay tuned. After this, you'll listen, you're, hear, hear the interview with me and Cole. Cole's a big fan. He knows his shit. He's really on his P's and Q's. Um, he's joined me in a few chats during the live watch alongs and he's going to share his perspective right after the game last night of an angry St. John's fan, uh, frustrated with what he sees, but still completely reasonable, completely objective and some really good insights. So please listen to that. Please continue to follow uh, along on the YouTube channel, Apple podcasts and Spotify. Appreciate all the subscriptions and all the comments and all the love there. It's, it's awesome to see. And um, for Anthony Mason Jr., this has been Pat Kane, Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. Here comes the interview with Cole. Peace. I have yet to watch it in full, but I've seen the score, and I saw the last five minutes. It was enough to make me, you know, bend over in pain. But thankfully, I've got my friend Cole here tonight, an avid St. John's fan, and someone you guys might know from my live watch along. So he's going to fill me in on everything I need to know, share his perspective, and maybe talk a little bit about the game overall. Cole, what's going on, my man? How are you today? What's up? Uh, the famous poet... And fellow New Yorker DMX once said, all I know is pain, all I feel is rain. I feel like he was talking about life as a St. John's fan. DMX, I mean, a New Yorker, maybe he was a St. John's fan. <laughs> maybe he was. Uh, I think the only real thing to lead off with would be Nova ending the game on a 19-5 run. We go scoreless for five minutes of that. We only score three points in the final six minutes and 47 seconds. Like, you're not going to win a game doing that. So absolutely. Yeah. And I, so, you know, share my perspective. I haven't watched the full thing. I saw the last eight or so minutes uh, without volume on um, I planned on watch the whole game in full, but someone told me that St. John's was up late. So I decided why the hell not turn it on. And boy, do I, uh, I, I guess I'm glad, like I said, Cole, before we started this, I'm glad if there's any, you know, silver lining, I didn't sit through the whole thing. But uh, I think I will go back tomorrow and watch what I could see in those those that stretch you're talking about. Besides the turnovers, there is just nothing good looks wise. I mean, a couple shot attempts inside the paint, but it's posh or was Sue as a runner or Corbello as a runner. Nothing clean at the rim. There's shots maybe you hope you make, but there was no real good looks. Villanova on the other end was getting everything they wanted, getting in the paint, getting to the rim, one on one looks at the basket. Our stuff was just not clean. I mean, was that the story for the whole game? I think I was thinking about it. And it's this team is insanely flawed from a roster construction standpoint, especially offensively, and especially when Jones gives you absolutely nothing like he did today and has to have his butt glued to the bench for the majority of it. Who was really supposed to be like sort of our poor man Champagne this year and be the person who could get baskets when we needed to. But even with a poorly constructed offensive roster like that, I think a good coach can draw something up and we have enough athletes on the team to be able to get better looks. And a good coach can find those plays to get baskets to stop a run and stop the bleeding. And Mike Anderson cannot do that. So the, yeah. every single game, like we've said before, it's Groundhog's Day where it's 
we can get a lead or establish a lead, but when a team really tightens the screws, we cannot find anything offensively. And that's again, what happened today during that run. And that's all oh, a hundred percent. And regardless of how we got to that point in the last five minutes where it was a one possession game, similar to the game against Nova in the garden last year, when they made that comeback and similar to games we've seen under Mike Anderson in these close possession by possession games, the last five minutes, we're just always a step behind. It seems like the looks we're getting, we're hoping to find a good look. Whereas the other team, you know, bides their time, is patient, runs their sets, and they're always getting a good look. And, and obviously we're speaking kind of, you know, it's it's not as cut and dry as that. I'm sure St. John's had some decent looks they missed tonight. If you listen to Mike Anderson's press conference, I'll tell you we miss layups. They're still not the best looks. They're not clean layups. They're not the guys we want taking shots underneath the basket all the time. But what you said is 100%, you know, on point that a good coach gets the looks a team needs to close out games, especially at home against teams you're better than. And uh, St. John's tonight took a huge step backwards against the team they needed to beat to have any chance to make the comeback they, they've dug themselves into uh, yeah, quite the I hole already. I don't know who he was trying to throw into the bus with that layup comment. I think Corbello shot two for eight tonight. A lot of his misses were tough contested layups at the rim that he couldn't get to fall. I, he's also creating for himself because we're not doing anything from like a set standpoint offensively. Yep. Um, that same thing with Posh. He also like couldn't finish at the rim. So I, I suppose he's talking about the two guards not named Wuzu because Wuzu had a hell of a game, probably the only person on our team that played well. Yeah. Outside, of, outside of Soriano, who had a great second half. Um, I'm trying to think of, of what you really missed in the first half. I, I think I told you in our text messages that the first half set the game of basketball back 100 years between the constant turnovers between the two teams. Uh, I know just from like the stat line, the crazy stat lines, um, Villanova at, for the majority of the first half had more three points made than two-point field goals attempted. So typical St. John's not being able to defend the three. Um I, I, we both both teams at least had eight turnovers at least in the first half a piece. Uh, it was an ugly affair. So can't watching it. And then you also got to catch the last eight minutes, which was just well. Tough. There is some good news, Cole. I did put a heavy bet on the under tonight. I had a feeling it was like 151 points. I couldn't believe it. I didn't expect it to be close to 100, but I I, say, hey, I did make out well on the under. Um, what's the story with Jones in the first half? I mean, obviously he's been trending downwards, but still I think he's two for six, didn't play much. The second half I saw one air ball three. I don't remember him even coming back after that, but we know he's in the doghouse. Did he, did he look just yeah, as bad I, tonight? I know you and I talked about it on one of the in-games recently where we are talking about mental makeup of players and whether or not guys have what it takes to come off the bench and what that takes of a player. And, and Corbello had seemed to – do pretty well with that role over the last few games. And Jones seemingly has not. I would be curious to see like what Jones shooting numbers are. Cause he again was taking very bad contested layups when he could get to the rim. I think it was 0 for two from three point. The one obviously you saw was an air ball. I think he bricked the yeah. other one. Um, turnovers. He did, he did have it, a tough shot roll out that it was a uh, kind of towards that turning point and just rimmed out, but still not and, a great look. He just kind right. of forced it up. I think he had three turnovers. All three were on the dribble. He, he seems uneasy driving where that kind of used to be like one of the things he excelled at. Um, I don't know. He just a terrible game. And like I said before, somebody that we really rely on to get a basket when it's coming down to the end of the shot clock and nobody seems to know what we're doing. He was always able to sort of drive and get at least a look at the rim and I yeah. seemingly could do nothing. And for 
good reasons did not play much at all in the second half. So. Right. And, you know, I'm not seeing the first half, and I'm a big Wusu guy. I'm glad he played a, a good game tonight. That's two in a row. But even late, the only two positive plays we had in the last five minutes were end the shot clock scrambles where Wusu had to drive late. He had one dish off the Soriano for a dunk, and another one where I think he got fouled or uh, maybe just missed a shot. But still, we had no other options besides seemingly – him try to go, you know, downhill from the top of the key. And, you know, that's not the guy we want doing that. It goes back to the original point. Guys aren't in a position to, to succeed, and it, we're, we're forced to make plays in a, in a bad spot late, and it doesn't have much success. No surprise there. And one of the things you always gripe about in the in games, he gets no respect from the Zebras. I saw him getting bumped on every one of his layup attempts, no calls ever. He got a, a it's really not easy being that, that big dude. You know, they yeah. don't want to give you the benefit of the doubt. And every other, you know, on the other hand, it's like you touch a guy and they, they fall down. Exactly. It's crazy. That uh that technical flop he got called for was unbelievable early in the year. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, what was Pinzone's story? I, he he was an offer, but was it bad shots? Was he? You know, I'm not necessarily the biggest Pinzone guy. Uh, obviously, gave us absolutely nothing offensively. Um, bad looks, played horrid defense as per usual. Uh, gave the I, he had, I'll give him credit. He had two on ball steals. He was playing good on ball defense, but he got lost defensively, yeah. like in like yeah. the help position and stuff. And. Um, not he had that one steal late where he stole at a half court and they got chased back down by Armstrong. That was a pretty big swing yeah. right there. That could have been two points going the other way. Yep, and he had a, a similar similar steal in the first half. Um, so not good to see that on the same day where we get the news that Montez Mathis is out for the rest of the season. I didn't even hear that news. That's news, huh? Okay, yeah. Cole's breaking news here, breaking folks. News, folks. <laughs> um, that's you know I kind of kind of sense that coming. It just seems so hush hush, and for a toe. I don't know. Maybe there's something behind the scenes where he just doesn't want to push it his last year of college. And, you know, yeah. you know, I don't know, risks not having something for, you know, his potential career down the line. Who knows? Um, but I don't know. I, I think if I would have, no offense to Montez and he was playing well, if you would have told me I had to do without one player going into the year, I kind of would have liked to see our team without him. I, I've always been tough on him and he's proved me wrong, but Looking at the uh, those analytic lineups I showed you the other day, Cole, he's he's he fares very poorly on the analytic basis, and that's not everything that matters, but it's something. Yeah, obviously we're a completely different team with Pinzone and Store taking his minutes offensively. Sure, one hundred percent. Did think he was you know a really good on ball defender, so I think that'll hurt, especially with Pinzone not being particularly great at defense. Like that'll be a step backwards, but if if. Pinzone can play the way he had the three games prior to tonight and Storr can keep playing well like he has been, then it shouldn't be too bad of a loss for us. So fingers crossed. But hard to, yeah, hard to be excited and look at anything positively after tonight. I know. I know. And, you know, those two wins, just like St. John's always does, they bring you back in, get you excited, and then uh, goes crashing down just like always that. Does. I don't want to put you on the spot here, Cole. You know, and we, uh, we can end this now, but if you got any – thoughts on you know where they go from here what does mike anderson do change wise is there anything you think might you know give this team a boost lineup or rotations or is it just bye-bye st john's this <laughs> yeah, bye -bye. No let's just fold the program i mean what even can you do you think at this point we're, we're pretty much nine players deep uh i think he's sort of giving stanley every single night like just the obligatory like hey you get the start courtesy start and, yeah, yeah he, he plays like the least minutes out of the entire team so, I mean, I don't know. I thought Nyway looked good again in small spurts. I think maybe he played 
six minutes. I didn't see oh, it. Yeah, yeah, it must have been that first half. He had a nice block. Stanley had a turnover late, I thought, that kind of cost. They threw it to him in the post and they turned it over. But uh, you're right about the whole courtesy, obligatory, however you want to put it. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's really in his plans. He just kind of does it to reward him, doesn't really go back to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I, I Again, now, especially without Montez, now we're short another guard. I really think with what we've seen so far this year, that Corbello and Paj on the court at the same time just doesn't seem to be able to work. You, like we had talked about earlier offline, we had hoped to see Posh take a big step shooting the ball-wise this year, which hasn't really seemed to happen. And if you're not going to be able to, to shoot the ball or want to shoot the ball, spacing with those two guards just isn't going isn't gonna to work offensively. So if you can somehow split their minutes even more than they're obviously already trying to, I don't even know if that's feasible. Right. I think, I think staggering them helps in a lot of ways. Maybe both of those individually and you can get more shooters around them when it's just one of those guys, those guys on the court. But I don't want to blame um, all of Posh's struggles on Carbello. I don't think that's fair. I think there's been plenty of situations where it's just shots he's missing that he should make regardless of who he's playing along with. Um, you know, the huge drop from two point percentage is more worrisome to me than the, you know, non improvement from the three point line. Uh, and with him playing like this, playing 30 minutes and being the hardest soul of our team, it's, it's tough to really, foresee a, a huge success if if he's playing alongside another guy who struggles just as much and you know we see the opportunities we get when our coach draws up the plays they're not exactly you know easy picking for uh, St. John so uh, I'm with you they got to figure out that point guard situation hand the keys back to Posh staggering as much as possible but I think even more important than that is just having Curbelo buy in you got to rein him in you got to you got to you know harness that to the best ability to give up on him is kind of a weak move in my mind. I think he's obviously talented, but what he's shown so far has been a lot of negatives to go with the very few positives, at least of late. And I'll definitely give a tip of the cap to him for sort of taking to the the backup role and coming off the bench. And one thing I can say we've for sure seen over the last four games from him is a lot of effort and hustle plays. I think it would have been the Butler game where he was diving on the floor for, for steals. You missed it. You'll see it when you watch the first half. Had a play today where he literally dove over the announcers into the fans, chasing after a loose ball. Um, definitely yeah. it is all leaving it all. Dude, I, I think he does play hard, and the defense is like really good from time to time when it's like on ball pressure. He's another guy who gets lost um, in help, but like the on ball pressure, the hands, the skill, the talent, it's there. And I feel like if it wasn't for these crazy turnovers, and we can't just you know throw those away because it's a big problem. But, like, he is a Mike Anderson-type guy, like, thinking back to McGriff, not McGriff, uh, Rutherford or McGriff, but just tenacious on-ball defense, uh, pass pass first. You know, Curbelo could do away with just the two or three nonsensical turnovers and just play the hard-nosed pressure defense like he's very capable of doing and bought into being more of a uh, orchestrated as opposed to being more of a, you know, watch me make a fancy pass and see if it works out guy. Even, we're asking we're asking a lot but even the one he, where he could have an impact even the one where he didn't turn it over where he threw that ball back out of the oh my god yeah I mean, if, if you <laughs> that, didn't see that i mean i know you did and i'm sure every saint john's fan was saying that five or six dribbles before that happened like where are you going where are you going and that play by um i can't remember if we talked about it now if we were recording or beforehand but i really thought it was huge we made a good cut to the basket and he kind of catches it he doesn't go up right away and then defense suffocates. I still think he could have gone up and finished that quickly. He's been finishing much later yet. Matter of fact, he had a good finish a couple of plays before then. 
doesn't go up with it, gets stuck underneath. No one moves to get open for him. Call a damn timeout. Call a damn timeout. You see your guy struggling down there. You know possession is, you know, crucial to any any basketball game, especially in the waning moments, moments, seven minutes left, whatever the case may be, you can't just throw away a possession there. You see your guy stuck dead in the water, call a timeout. Dude, and from that point forward. Up, you always crack me up when you get hard on Anderson about his timeouts. Wait till you watch the first half and mention this when you're doing your first half recording. Anderson does something before the under four minute uh, TV timeout that I'm still haven't quite wrapped my head oh, around God. where like four minutes and three seconds, he calls a timeout and then we come out of the timeout and do nothing offensively. And then the ball goes out of bounds and then we get the TV timeout and then we come back and do nothing <laughs> again. So Sounds like a St. John's game, Cole. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm, now I'm excited. I get to watch something. Uh, I look forward to that. He, well, they were giving him shit. Um, it, I, I couldn't really hear, but it sounded like the announcers were giving him shit for calling the timeout right before the four-minute uh, TV media timeout in the second half as well. So he that might have been doing that twice. That said of the first half, but yeah, somebody go back and find out <laughs> what was going on here because I, I could not make sense of what he was doing. Well, Cole, I appreciate you coming on here. I know it's late, and I know uh, you know you struggled through the whole game. I've got the benefit of only seeing the last five minutes, if you can call that a benefit. But I appreciate it, and your uh, your uh, disposition right here your demeanor it's 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 you know it's glowing for considering you know how poorly saint john's played so you got a smile to keep from crying <laughs> did dmx say that i don't know no that's a cold one <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right cole thank you so much man uh, i know we'll continue to talk as the season goes on and i appreciate you jumping on tonight all right brother take care all right